Hi guys, how are you today? My name is Bailey Sarian and today is Monday, which means it's murder, mystery, and makeup Monday. If you are new here, hi, how are you? How's it going? Every Monday I sit down and I talk about a true crime story that's been heavy on my noggin and I do my makeup at the same time. If you're interested in true crime and you like makeup, I would highly suggest you hit that subscribe button. Now I will stop rambling and let's get into today's story. I should add a disclaimer because I think in some parts I got a little graphic, just a little bit. Warning, the following presentation is intended for mature audiences. It contains graphic descriptions of crime scenes, strong language, and adult dialogue. Viewer discretion is advised. Wow, this story's got, it's just, Let's just get right into it. Today's story takes place in Chuliota, Florida. Let's start off with just the family in general. There are kind of a lot of names. It can get a bit confusing, but bear with me. I'm gonna try my best. So Margaret and Chad Amato, they had three sons and they lived in Chuliota, Florida, like I had said. The oldest son, Jason, wasn't Chad's biological son, but Chad adopted him at the age of three and cared for him as his own. So Jason considered Chad to be his father. And soon after, Margaret and Chad got married and then had two more sons. So they went on to have Cody, who was the middle son, and then Grant, who was the youngest. All three boys were said to grow up really close and they did everything together. They were big into sports, played outside, went to football games, and seemed to just have like a really great relationship. I mean, so it seems, you know? You never know what's going on behind closed doors, but it just sounded like it was good. So Margaret and Chad, they provided a pretty good life or yeah, a very good life I would say because they lived in this big beautiful ass house. They seemed to be doing financially well. They had this big home, they had nice cars, they had gaming systems, computers. I mean, all the materialistic stuff, it seemed, you know, that they had it all. Must I say more? No. Margaret, the mom, she loved horses. She adopted a retired racehorse. She had like a, a stable where she kept the horses and she would go down to the stables and work with her horse. She was very passionate about horses. And if she wasn't inside the home, then you could find her down at the stable. Margaret worked for a healthcare company as a client operations manager. And her husband, Chad, was a clinical pharmacist at a local CVS, but he also had a second job slash hobby working on computer and building computers as well. Growing up, it was said that the home was pretty loving, but Chad, their dad, could be very strict, very old school type of guy, you know, where there's like never any physical abuse going on in the home, but also it was just like, you didn't want to piss Chad off. You didn't want to piss your dad off. He was just stricter and he had rules that you had to follow. And if you didn't want to follow his rules, then you could get out, you know? So the oldest son, Jason, he ended up moving out when he was like 19 years old, around that age. He would go on to start his own family as well. He said that he was still really close to his family. He would visit the home on holidays. He was always welcome and he tried to be around when he could, but again, he had his own life and his own family. So it was just every, so often. During their high school years, Cody and Grant were set to do everything together. Cody was only one year older than Grant, so they were pretty close in age. They both were like on the weightlifting team together at their high school. They played video games together. They built their own computers together. Yeah, learning from 
like how to do so from their father because their father did the same thing. Also the family, everyone seemed to own their own guns and they were a big gun family it seemed like, I don't know. But they all had their own guns and they often went to like the shooting range together and both Cody and Grant also started their own airsoft league. Now it was said that Grant, the youngest, he was a bit of a loner. He was kind of like the oddball. Well, Cody seemed to be like his only friend. Any friends that were Cody's friends though, were Grant's friends. But it seemed like those friends wouldn't necessarily just invite Grant out. You know what I'm saying? Like it was that type of deal where Grant seemed to rely on Cody to provide friends. So Grant, the youngest, he went on to attend UCF. And then in 2011, he got his nursing degree and he wanted to get into the medical fields like pretty much the rest of his family because all of his family at this point was working in the medical field. So then in 2018, Grant was then 29. He was either 28, 29 at the time, but he was fired from the hospital that he was working at because, mm -hmm, Grant, he was accused of stealing eight vials of propofol, a heavy duty sedative that's typically used during surgery. Grant was caught, caught with eight vials of it, like in his pocket, like he was gonna take it home, party or something. We don't know, we don't know. Grant was caught and he was arrested. And in the arrest report, it said that Grant admitted to stealing the drug to give to patients that he felt were not being adequately sedated by doctor ordered medication. He was arrested and charged with grand theft, but in November, the charges were dropped. It's believed that the charges were dropped because Grant was claiming that he was giving this medication to other patients at the hospital, which potentially could open up lawsuits against the hospital, if it were true. It's believed that Grant wasn't actually giving this to his patients, that he was actually just going to take it home and use it himself, but there isn't any proof of that. So it was just completely dropped because potentially it could open up lawsuits and all that jazz. And all that jazz. That's what it always comes down to, money, lawsuits. Not about the right thing, huh? So at this time when Grant gets fired, he's still living with his mom and dad. And again, he's about 28, 29. And then also Cody is still living with um, his parents as well. So it's Cody, Grant, Margaret, and Chad all living together under one roof, okay? Now his family is just very upset with him, disappointed with him, obviously. And it became a very heated topic when the family would push him ask him questions like, when are you gonna get a job? You know, parents asking questions, like when am I gonna get a job? But they would get into arguments because Grant just kind of fell into what seemed to be a depression. He didn't seem to be motivated at all to get a new job. Yeah, anytime his parents brought it up, it would just start a fight. The parents seemed to just kind of be a little fr getting frustrated with Grant because he's living rent free, you know, has no job and everyone was paying for whatever Grant needed at that time. And when he asked, they would just give him money. When Grant's parents would refuse to give him money. He would ask his brother, Cody, who again was the older brother. And oftentimes Cody would give him money for anything that he needed. So pretty much everybody was quote unquote, taking care of Grant while he was trying to, to find a job. Now Grant spent a lot of his time on his computer or gaming and he was home all the time with like nothing to do because he didn't have a job. So what's like a lonely, what's a lonely person looking for some sweet loving gonna do, you know? Well, 
He found his way to a website called myfreecam.com. Not sponsored. It was an X-rated website where you could chat with or even just view different cam girls and pay for like one-on-one video, sex chat, boom kind of website. Now, if you don't know what a cam girl website is, that's a great question. A cam girl website is where women, even men too, don't get me wrong, can go on there and like, you can just be like all sexy and like, uh, uh, uh. and then people can pay you to chat with you. And it's really up to the cam girl or guy how far they want to go. Like if, whether it be like some sexual stuff or if it's just more PG-13, it's all up to them, but it can get, you know, way more X-rated as they say. So Grant is on there, right? When he's looking around, he finds this woman, she's a cam model and her name is Sylvie and she's from Bulgaria. Sylvie. Now Grant fell in love with Sylvie, okay? She was beautiful, she was smart. Plus, she would make him feel special. Now Grant would keep coming back to see Sylvie on the website. They would talk for hours. And Grant just felt like he was truly in an intimate relationship with this woman, Sylvie. He told Sylvie that he was a very successful professional gamer and that he drove a fancy BMW. And he was living in his own apartment, creating a new persona for himself online. I mean, why not, you know? The internet doesn't know if you're lying or not. It was said that Grant would spend hours upon hours online watching Sylvie model and dance online. He would also get one-on-one time with Sylvie where she would model for him and slash or do sexual things online while Grant was watching. Now, Grant would pay in order to watch or have one-on-one time with her, but he felt the more money he spent with this new persona he was, you know, putting out there, the more attention he was receiving from Sylvie. I'm sure this attention was just nice. It probably felt nice. Somebody likes me, you know? Grant said that in order to watch Sylvie, it costed 90 tokens per minute. And Grant had purchased 5,000 tokens for $600. Math. Which means he would get about an hour or 56 minutes of Sylvie's time for $600. I'm in the wrong business. As their relationship continued, Grant would mail Sylvie sex toys or lingerie that she would model for him. And at first, Grant was spending about four hours a night watching Sylvie, um, which was costing him about $2,500 a day. In November of 2019, bank statements showed that Grant was spending up to $20,000 a night, sending this money to Sylvie in tips while he watched. $20,000 a night. Grant was just growing more and more out of control. Like this is just sounds like a full blown addiction. Now you're probably wondering, well, how the hell was he getting his money? Cause he didn't have, he didn't have a job, right? He wasn't working and he was dedicating a lot of his time to just watching Sylvie. So it was said that he was getting the money from his parents' credit cards and also by hacking their bank accounts or his brother Cody would give him money from time to time. Nobody really knew what it was going towards, but yeah. Now it's unclear at what point Grant's parents had caught on, but it was said that Chad and Margaret had confronted Grant about these like $600 charges that they were seeing in their bank accounts. And Grant had told his parents that he was spending the money on Twitch, promoting his account so he would grow in followers and subscribers. And in the long run that it would pay off because if you are a video game streamer, I mean, I think they make a lot of money, right? So Grant's mother, father, and 
and his brother, they knew that he was like stealing and spending a large amount of money. They're unsure if they knew what exactly it was for, like what the truth was. But anytime it was brought up, it was just, again, like a heated topic. Cody tried to be the calm one in the family. He tried to tell Grant, hey, I'll be here and I'll help you in any way. And I can help you like pay everybody back. And he was just the one who seemed to be trying to keep the peace in the family and keep everybody calm. Cody just seemed like he was always trying to protect Grant. So earlier I said that they, the parents had looked at their bank statements from 2019. It was from 2018, sorry. In December of 2018, Grant and his brother Cody, plus a friend named Jericho, they went to, or they went on a trip to Japan. The group was really into anime and was looking forward to going and seeing the art, the culture, and just anime. I believe there was like a studio out there that they were, an animation studio that they were really excited about, but they all went. Now, because Grant had no money, Cody, his brother, ended up covering all costs for him to go. I know. It was said that the last day that they were in Japan, Grant told Cody and his friend that he wasn't feeling very well and that he wanted to stay behind while the two other went out to kind of adventure around a little bit before they left. So later on, it was discovered that Grant actually had taken or stolen, I should say, their friend Jericho's credit card. And he went to a place with Wi-Fi and used the card to pay and watch Sylvie while the other two were away. The friend, allegedly, I should say, he didn't notice that the card was gone until he got a notification or a phone call from his parent asking like, why are you charging this this large amount? Cause it was like $600. Why are you charging? Like, what is this charge? And that's when they realized that Grant had taken his card. I mean, he, so he sounds like a drug addict, right? He's just gotta get his Sylvie fix. Now, when the brothers had returned home, things got heated. Grant's father was disappointed that Grant still didn't have a job and that he wasn't really doing anything with his life except for spending everybody else's money and putting everyone into debt. At the end of December of 2018, their father, Chad, was looking at his bank records again and discovered that a lot more money was missing, which he then asked Grant about it and it led to an argument. Now, Grant ended up leaving the home that day and he just kind of drove off into the night, right? And this was on December 19th of 2018. His mother called 911 and she expressed that, you know, she was worried about him because he seemed really depressed and she believed that he may have been possibly suicidal. Margaret then told the police that she had received a text from Grant saying, quote, I'm really tired of everything, just going to handle it my own way, end quote. Grant ended up driving out to his aunt's home, which wasn't too far, it was in Florida. I think it was in Orange County. I can't remember, sorry. But he ended up driving out to his aunt's home. He asked if he could stay there with her and she agreed, she let him in. His aunt said that he seemed very depressed. She had noticed that he just seemed like he was lost. He just wasn't there. She also noticed that Grant would be asleep all day and then stay up all night. His aunt and uncle, they also had guns in the home and they thought it would be best if they took the guns, they locked him up, at least for while Grant was staying there because he just seemed very down. So a few days go by and his aunt looks at her bank account and what does she see? Yes. 
grant again. What the hell are you doing? She sees all these weird charges and they're for hundreds of dollars. She doesn't recognize them. And then that's when she finds out that Grant had stolen her credit card information and was using it to pay and watch Sylvie at night while the family was asleep. Like, what the heck are you doing, you know? Also, it was said that Grant's uncle, grandma, and one of his cousins all had charges on their cards, again, from Grant to watch Sylvie. So he was just hacking everybody's bank account, at least in his family, it seems. So Grant's aunt calls up Grant's father, his name's Chad, remember? And she's like, hey, listen, he stole my credit card information and I have these weird charges and she's telling him everything, right? And then that's when Grant's father just had a, like a full-blown breakdown and cried on the phone telling her that this has been going on and the family was in $150,000 worth of debt that was caused by Grant's spending on this website or whatever, $150,000 in debt. Chad told her over the phone that he didn't think he would be able to retire for years, but that it was okay because he wanted to do it for Grant and he didn't want him to go to jail. Asked her to please not press charges and Chad promised that he would he would pay her back any of the money that was made from Grant. Grant had stolen between 200 to $250,000 from the family just so he could interact with Sylvie online. So it was like 150,000 just from his family alone and then from his immediate family and then his aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, like everybody else was getting hit around him too. And Grant, he had a problem and the family didn't want him to go to prison. They knew he needed help and not prison. So the family, mom, dad, Cody, and their older brother, Jason, they all came up with a plan to confront Grant at their aunt's house and have like a little intervention. The family showed up and then they waited outside of the aunt's house. And then once Grant leaves the home, he was walking out like he's walking back to his car. That's when they all confront him and they were either taking him to a treatment facility or he was going to be cut off from the family. That's what they're telling him. Hey man, we think that you have a problem. You're literally stealing everybody's money and we just wanna help you. And we don't want you to go to prison. So please just go to this treatment facility, get some help and you know, will definitely help you. The family just seemed very supportive and gave him so many chances. They just wanted to help him. Now, it was said that Grant was the quiet, submissive type and that he didn't really say anything when this happened. Um, he was just kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, and that he voluntarily went to the, the rehab clinic in South Florida. Now this clinic is mainly for people with addiction, drug addiction and whatnot, but um, I mean, there really aren't many clinics that focus strictly on like internet addiction. So, okay, he agrees, cool. So they, they drive him out there, they're like, yes, this is gonna be great. You know, Grant's gonna change, yippee ki yay let's go. So they drive him out there to the facility and the family pays $15,000 for him to receive 60 days of treatment. And then they all just kind of went back home. Cody and Chad, Chad's the father, Cody is the, the old, the middle child, remember? But they were able to hack into Grant's computer back at the house. And then that's when they saw like this fake life that Grant was living online. This is when they find out the whole truth, you know? So they saw that Grant was claiming to be a successful gamer who lived alone, had nice cars, and just where all this money was going. This is why I can't be a parent because I would lose my shit. Well, they decide just to take matters into their own hand, you know? Let's just 
just reach out to all of Grant's friends and reach out to this Sylvie lady and tell her the truth. So they did just that. They go on there, they message everybody. When Grant went to go talk to Sylvie, there's almost like a community. There's like a handful of people who were very loyal to Sylvie and were always there when she went live. And they all kind of became friends. They shared this interest in Sylvie and kind of had a connection about that, I guess. I don't, I'm not really sure, but he became friends with the people who also viewed Sylvie. So. Cody and Chad, they message everybody and pretty much tell them the truth, saying that Grant had been lying, that he actually lived at home, he had no job, he had a basic vehicle. They told Sylvie that Grant had been giving her stolen money from the family and that they were no longer allowed to contact each other. Grant's in treatment and he's there for two weeks. After two weeks, Grant leaves the treatment center saying that he's cured, he's fixed, I'm healed. Wow, I'm all good now. Grant apparently, allegedly, he went to the treatment center and was just telling them everything that they wanted to hear. Pretty much the treatment center said that they really couldn't do anything for him. So they just kind of, they let him go after two weeks. Grant goes back to the family home and I don't really know why the family allowed him to come back home, but they did and you know, we can't judge, we're not them. So on January 5th, Grant comes back home and he's allowed to stay there, but he's gonna have some new rules that Chad, his dad, put in place. So Chad and and Grant sat down and he gave Grant some ultimatums. Like, you could either live in my house and follow my rules, or you could leave, move out, or join the military. You know, if you stay in my home, then you are no longer allowed to have a cell phone. And if you do have a cell phone, you're not allowed to have one that has internet access. So it's just like a little flip phone or something, you know? Grant would not be allowed to use the internet at night, and they were going to take away his computer out of his room, also that he needed to get a job and start paying off some of the debts that he owed. So this is what Chad is telling Grant, which sounds like what most parents would do. So a lot of people do do this, usually to like a teenager, you know, but Grant is almost 30 years old. So it's like, come on, Grant, get it together, man. You're an adult, get it together. Now, the biggest and the most upsetting rule, Grant was going to have to cut all ties with Sylvie, like it was done. He was not allowed to contact her. So when Chad tells Grant, like you can't talk to Sylvie anymore, I think that's at the moment when he informs Grant, like, hey, we actually contacted her mm -hmm. and we told her the truth. And in my mind, that's probably the moment that like really just set Grant off and probably just, I mean, that would be just embarrassing. And he's probably angry because he thinks he's in love with this woman. So Chad is trying to accept explain to Grant that you're literally putting a stranger that you've never met over your own family and that now the family is financially struggling because of this. And just trying to get through to Grant, to like open his eyes, like it's not worth it. What are you doing? We're trying to help you. Now Grant agreed to these rules in order to stay in the house. It was said that Margaret, Grant's mother, she was more sad because her son, like her baby, she seemed to have like a, a soft spot for Grant. But time went on and Grant was seeming to follow the rules, just trying to get his life together, but it didn't really last long. I guess Grant would go to Margaret, his mother, ask if he could use her phone because her phone could access internet. And Margaret would allow him to use her phone and talk to Sylvie on Twitter. 
On January 24th, Chad found out that Grant was using his mother's phone to still talk to Sylvie and told him that he needed to get out, that he had ruined his retirement and to just leave. Chad then left for work. Grant is said that he was, you know, packing like a small bag because he was gonna leave. And then Cody was at work as well, um, receiving text messages about what was going on back at home because there was like an argument. Around 9.15 PM, Cody was was done with his shift at work. He told his girlfriend that he had to go home and quote, deal with stupid shit, end quote, AKA the family drama thing that was happening. And he went home. On Friday, January 25th, 2019, the sheriff's office got a call from one of Cody's friends and coworkers. He told the dispatcher that he was concerned because Cody hadn't showed up for work. Plus Cody wasn't responding to any text messages. And according to this friend who had worked with and known Cody for years said that Cody always had his phone on him and that in the years that he knew him never came late to work. So it was just strange that Cody wouldn't show up. Police went out to the home to perform a welfare check at 9.17 a.m. They knock on the door and they get no answer. Um, the cars were in the driveway and they also noticed that all the windows downstairs were covered with, with paper so you couldn't even see in the windows. They were able to use a knife and open the lock on the door to the master bedroom and then the police you know, walk into the home and then they see the body of Chad lying on his back on the kitchen floor with blood just all around him. There was a pool of dried blood in two different areas of the kitchen and also what seemed to be like claw marks through the smeared blood as if he was trying to crawl his way across the floor to get somewhere, maybe get to the phone. We're not sure, but there's photos. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean... It's better if you didn't. There was chicken on the counter defrosting and Chad's lunchbox was on the floor. It seemed like maybe Chad had just gotten home from work. He went to the kitchen to unpack his lunch bag, take out the chicken maybe and start dinner um, when he was shot from behind. He also had a gun and holster on his right hip. They continue searching around the house and they find Margaret in her office. She's sitting in her, in her chair and she's slumped over on top of her computer. She had a glass of wine on the desk and her computer was open and she was shot from behind. Oh, I'm sorry, and she she was dead. Same with uh, Chad as well. They also find Cody who was dressed in his work scrubs laying on the floor by the door to the garage and he also had been shot um, and was, was dead. There was also a backpack near him and there were two different handguns laying about five feet away from Cody and four bullet casings were found on the ground as well. At first, it appeared to be a murder-suicide um, that Cody may have shot his mother, father, and then himself. But once the crime scene was looked at more closely, they had reason to believe that this was indeed not a murder-suicide. Police had come out to the home previously and they knew that there was another son, Grant, who lived there, but he was nowhere to be found that day. The next day, Saturday, they were able to track down Grant's car at a Doubletree Hotel in Orange County, Florida, and police were able to find like which room Grant was in and they knock on the door <clears throat> to get Grant. And on police body cam footage, you can see Grant like crawling on the ground when police come in 
and he turns around, he's on his knees, he turns around to be handcuffed. At this time, they had no evidence on Grant. There was no fingerprints found. There was no DNA linking to like a killer at all. Um, there was no murder weapon. It's believed that whoever had done this made sure to clean up afterwards and then stage the scene. Um, so Grant wasn't under arrest. He was just being taken in for questioning. And so Grant goes in for questioning and he would be there for over seven hours just talking to investigators about what's been going on within the last few months, the problems they were having and the money problems, pretty much just everything we talked about right now. Um, he was really honest. Well, but he was, he was like honest about the money and the, the girl and stuff. He didn't try and like make anything up, but he told investigators that Chad had confronted him about Sylvie on the night of the 24th and that Chad told him he needed to leave the house. Grant said that he packed a bag and then he left the house. But before he left, Cody had stopped him and said that he would promise to take care of their parents and try to calm down the situation. Grant told investigators that when he left, everyone was alive and fine. Grant was trying to set it up to investigators in a way that made it sound like Cody was going to talk to the parents and then he left the house and he had no idea what happened after that. So he's suggesting like, I don't know. And you know, Cody said he was gonna deal with it. And you can actually watch the full questioning video on YouTube, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, Grant. Grant, some of us are very observant. Okay, and we noticed something, Grant. He's claiming that he left the house and had nothing to do with anything, right? He's like, I left, I don't know, everyone was alive, I don't know. Well then Grant, how come in those hours of questioning, not once did Grant ask, hey, why am I here? What, what happened to my family? Why are you asking me about, why are you asking me questions in the first place? Hello. So he's trying to give off this impression that he's completely innocent. He hasn't even been told what happened to his family yet, okay? So, <laughs> And Grant, if you're so innocent, why wasn't when police came into the hotel, you automatically got on your knees and turned around to be arrested? If he knew what happened to his family, I would assume that you would uh, not ask questions as, as far as like, why am I here and stuff? But if you didn't know, your first question would be like, what the hell, why am I here? Why are you, why, why are you knocking at my hotel door? Stupid ass, he's a stupid ass. Yeah, Grant didn't even ask. About halfway into the interrogation is when finally one of the detectives pulls out like photos of the crime scene shows it to Grant asking him if if that's you know how he left the house is that how your mother looked and like shows him a picture of of his mother's body and he does again like or what about Chad and Cody and shows and shows Grant pictures of, of their bodies and like the whole gory scene and Grant appears to be very upset but claims that he had nothing to do with this Grant said that the family had been blaming him for months for ruining their lives stealing from them and not following any of their their rules set in place, so he might as well be blamed for this too. Like he was just being such a diva. Grant originally said that he had packed his bag and then left the home around 9.30 p.m. and that his family was fine. And then his story changed and he said he left around 12.30 in the morning and spent the night in a grocery store parking lot, then dr drove to a job interview in the morning. Investigators were pushing, trying to get some kind of confession from Grant, but he stood he stood by his innocence. Grant's older brother, Jason, the one who lives on his own and the only member that's still alive, well, besides Grant, but Grant 
is a piece of shit. Jason comes down. Uh, he's called down and informed about what happened. Obviously, Jason's extremely upset, but they did allow a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Jason and Grant. You see Jason walk in and give Grant a hug and then just sit down and press Grant for some answers, asking him if he, he had anything to do with it. Please just tell me, I need closure, I need to know. And I would be very upset if I heard from an attorney or the media that you did it instead of yourself. This is what Jason's saying to Grant. Jason just seems like kindest person ever, completely devastated that he just lost his whole family. And the only one who lived at that house and was still alive had no answers for him. Jason didn't seem like a, angry or aggressive at all, just asking for the truth. It's just, oh, it's, so sad to watch. Based off what I watched and heard and read in the court documents, it's like, it just seemed like this family really cared about one another and it's just so heartbreaking. By the end of the meeting, Jason tells Grant that he thought he had something to do with it and that he just didn't know what to do now. Grant though stood by his innocence, but also just didn't even say much. I guess he just wasn't much of a talker in general, so it wasn't unusual. Grant was released on the 26th because again, they had no evidence showing that he, he did it. They had no fingerprints, no DNA, nothing linking him to the crime. So detectives knew that they were going to have to build like a really strong case against him in order to get a conviction. I mean, he's the only one who had a motive. Yeah, all signs are pointing to him, but there's actually no physical evidence and that's where they were struggling. So they let him out and Investigators question anyone close to the family and they get more information about Grant's relationship with his online girlfriend, the money. Cody's girlfriend told investigators that Cody had told her that he was afraid that Grant would kill everyone. And at the same time, crime scene investigators are building their case. It was determined that it was not a murder-suicide due to many things. Cody, his body was on the floor next to the door, which led to the garage but there was no blood on the door behind him or the door frame, which meant that the door had been opened when Cody was shot. So someone had to shut the door after Cody was shot. Like if you die, you can't shut a door. Also, it was determined that Cody's body had been moved. There was a pool of blood at his feet and no blood near his head. So it was determined that his body was like moved around. Also, it was determined that Cody was shot from three feet away, which again, proves that it wasn't a murder, like suicide. So it was determined that Chad was shot from behind and that the first shot didn't kill him. So he was trying to like move across the floor and that's why there were like streaks in the blood showing that he was trying to move. Uh, but then he was shot again while on the kitchen floor. He was again, kind of moved around in a way that made it look like Cody had shot him. And then Margaret was not moved, but she was shot from behind at her desk and that just killed her. Grant was arrested and charged with three counts of premeditated murder. On him, they found a pair of leather gloves, a credit and debit card, which belonged to his father and brother, Cody. He also had his passport with him, which led investigators to believe that maybe he was gonna try and flee, go see his girlfriend, Sylvie, you know? There was also a handwritten note found in Grant's possession signed from Cody. In the note, it pretty much said, I'm sorry for what's going on and I'll take care of it, don't worry. I'm not gonna go too much into detail about what it said because it was later determined 
determined that it was written by Grant to kind of feed into the the murder-suicide storyline that he was trying to create, which is pathetic because it was like his own brother. I'm like... So his trial was in July of 2019 and he still claimed that he was innocent. Grant's team suggested that maybe someone broke into the house. Maybe it was a drug deal gone bad because they had found a small amount of marijuana in the home. So they were like, oh yeah, they were dealing drugs. How many drugs? There was lots of drugs, marijuana. Oh my God, they're de- yeah, drug deal. Like they just found that marijuana and was like, that's it, drug deal gone bad, you know? Based off forensic evidence, it was determined that Margaret was shot in the head from behind as she sat at her desk. The last activity on Margaret's computer was at 4.44 p.m. So it's believed that this, you know, kind of started at that time. Cody and Chad were not home yet when Grant shot his mother. Then Chad came home, his father, around 5.30 p.m. He went to the kitchen to put his stuff away, get dinner started. That's when Grant quietly approached him from behind and shot his father. And investigators knew this because on Chad's iPhone was, it was tracking all of his steps through one of those like um, fitness apps, you know, the step counters. So they could see how many steps Chad took and then when it stopped. Then Cody arrived home from work around 10 p.m. and he walked through the garage that connects to the house. He walked in the door and then that's when Grant just shot him. Then it said that Grant spent several hours at the home uh, moving bodies around and staging it to look like, again, a murder-suicide. Remember how I mentioned that there were four bullet shell casings on the ground? And it was determined that the four bullets that were found did not, or the shells, I should say, did not come from any of the handguns that were found in the home. They came from an unknown weapon and the gun that it came from was never found. Also, Chad, the father, had a gun um, holster on his right hip and it was later proved that this was placed on him after his death. There was a spot of blood on Chad's pants under the holster which wouldn't have been able to get there if he was indeed wearing the holster when he was shot. Around midnight it was determined that Chad had logged into his banking app on his iPhone using the fingerprint reader on the night that he had died. Also it was shown that money was transferred from Chad his bank to Grant's bank account through the app. Jesus, I know. When investigators looked at Chad's finger, they saw that it had been wiped clean and it's believed that Grant cleaned his dead dad's finger, cleaned the finger, and then used it to log into his his phone. What kind of special fucked up is that? That's, when I read that, I was like, what the? That same night after murdering his whole family, Grant also used Cody, his brother, his brother's credit card to pay and watch Sylvie sending her over $600 while sitting in his car in the grocery store parking lot at three in the morning. So after he murdered his family, he drives to a grocery store parking lot, sits there and watches Sylvie. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. Just unbelievable. So they had found gloves in Grant's possession at the time of his arrest, um, and they were taken in to be tested for gunpowder residue, which it 
came back positive. Grant said that's because he wore these gloves all the time when he shot, but numerous witnesses said that he rarely wore these gloves, like ever. On Grant's computer, a typed out letter was found by Grant to send to Sylvie and to some of his friends he made online. And this letter was typed two days before the murders. It's long, so I'll give you like a little summary. Pretty much Grant apologizes for lying about himself and confesses that he isn't successful and that he lives at home, that he lied because he wanted to stand out to Sylvie and like get her attention. Grant said that his family found out about the money spent and ambushed him, then forcefully made him go to a clinic for his unhealthy addiction to Sylvie and cam girls. He then goes on to say that everything his family mentioned to Sylvie was a lie to poison his image. He then says that he will never be able to forgive himself for making Sylvie sad and for betraying her trust in him. He begs for her forgiveness and asks for, quote, an actual second chance, end quote. Then going on to say that he will do whatever it takes to be able to show the real him. This letter is eight pages long, just begging for forgiveness and how he will never get over Sylvie and how he never plans to replace her. And towards the end of the eight page letter, he says, I can't give up on her and I never will. She is my everything. I will give her my life to simply be able to make her smile again. Dramatic much. The jury spent, I believe like eight hours and they come back and give Grant his verdict. Mind you, he showed no emotion during the trial. Even when his older brother took the stand and just cried over his lost family, Grant just looked like a, a vampire. Like he kinda looks like this creepy ass vampire and he was just cold, balding, emotionless fragile looking vampire. I don't know, it was just like so uncomfortable to watch. In the very beginning, in like the opening statements, I believe Grant started crying when they showed pictures of, you know, the parents and his brother's bodies to the jury. And uh, throughout the whole thing though, just nothing, it was weird. But then I guess um, at one point they show the jury like a picture of Sylvie on this screen and Grant, like his eyes are just kind of like fixated on Sylvie on the big screen and it's just like, like, oh my God, dude, really? Like your whole family's dead and you're still obsessed with her? I don't, yep. Anyways, the jury decided not to give him the death penalty. Instead, they sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Grant Amato will be spending the rest of his life in prison. To this day, he still claims that he is innocent. And when approached by media asking for an interview, he said he would be open to doing so only if the company would maybe help cover costs to get him out of prison or if they could put him in touch with a millionaire who would help him get out of prison. Yeah, he thinks that's gonna happen. He still denies, deny, 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 even though all signs point to you, Grant. Grant says he has quite a few pen pals in prison and people, you know, support and stand by him and are rooting for him to get out. And you're probably wondering, well, what the heck happened to Sylvie? Cause yeah, I had questions too. Some people were thinking, you know, maybe Sylvie was involved somehow, or maybe she was pressuring Grant to do, to do it, or maybe to steal the money, you know? Maybe something more was going on. Well, I don't really know what happened to her, to be honest. <laughs> I tried to find out. Okay, I went through the court documents. Mind you, there's like thousands of court documents. So, I mean, maybe I missed it. 
but I couldn't find anything. There were two names on the witness list that were um, blacked out. I'm thinking that maybe that was one of, it was like maybe Sylvie, I don't know, we don't know. I'm assuming that Sylvie was questioned because why wouldn't she be? I feel like that would make sense. But in the opening statements, it was suggested like Sylvie may not be her real name. So I was thinking that maybe Sylvie was like her cam girl name and she didn't want her real name out there in the public, like when it was, you know, in court and in the media and whatnot. That's that's what I'm thinking. But I'm sure they, they questioned her, right? They had to. I personally have a feeling that Sylvie, I don't think she had any idea of what Grant was really doing. Um, I'm sure that she was just, you know, accepting the money from him. I mean, who wouldn't? You don't question every customer that comes into your store. You just take the money and they get the fuck out. So I feel like she probably didn't know, but who knows, I don't know. know. So that is the horrible story about Grant Amato and what he did to his poor family. Rest in peace to Chad, Margaret, and Cody Amato, whose lives were taken because of this selfish entitled brat who sadly was their own son. Sheesh. Stories like this are just heartbreaking because it seems like this family truly was trying to do everything they could for their son or their just their family in general. But Grant, who knows what the fuck was going on with him because he was acting like an entitled teenager, a 30 year old teenager. It's just unbelievable. And like, for what? For some titties? Like, come on. What was, what was his plan? Jeez, so many questions. What a gross human being. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. Let me know your thoughts down below. A lot, I think naturally a lot of people wanna say like, well, why didn't the family do this and do that? It's like, well, you know, we don't know. We don't know. And the whole thing is just sad. Poor family. I don't want kids because what if I have one of these shitheads? I don't know what I would, I would be pissed. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Please, please, please stay safe out there. Make good choices. But most of all, if you have kids, I don't want to tell you how to parent, but make sure to monitor what your kids are doing online. But other than that, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I'll be seeing you later. Bye.